Hey folks, welcome to the show that today. We have a very interesting guest coming on today, Mr. Paul Ragsdale from down in East Texas. It took me a little bit to get him chased down, and then we did a show, and lo and behold, my crazy redneck butt, I guess, decided to lose the file. So we are on take two, of all things, take two. Which is cool because he was actually, we uh, got a little bit of a better direction for the show and we've got some uh, some good uh, audio clip that we're going to play for you guys. So in saying that, I'm going to let Mr. Uh, Paul come on and kind of give a quick background on him and uh, let him roll with it and let him have this thing. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Gary. I appreciate you having me on here and uh, talking squatch with you. Oh, it's yeah. a pleasure. It's all mine. I mean, this is a great experience. The first show was awesome. I think this one's going to be even better. Oh, yeah, I think so. So I uh, I live in uh, northeast Texas. I live in Caddo Mills. I'm about 40 minutes east of Dallas, and I'm pretty close to Greenville, Texas. So um, I've, I've been um, – what got me interested in Bigfoot was – when I was a kid, I saw the movie The Legend of Boggy Creek. And then just recently, I was at the Falk Festival where they had the uh, the remake of it. And I went to that, and that was pretty awesome. And that just re- re-energized me and sparked me. But I've been an outdoorsman all my life. I grew up in, um, in uh, Boy Scouts, and I was in Scouts through my later teens. And I grew up in a family of hunters which we had a land in Palestine for a long time. had a family cabin out there, and my my dad, my uncles, my cousins, my brothers, we'd all go out there and hunt, and it'd be a fun time. We always, you know, always got us a deer. Somebody got them a deer out there. We were way out in the middle of the, way out in the boonies in Palestine, uh, a town called Alder Branch. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was, uh, I've, I've, Grown up out in the, a lot of camping, I've done a lot of hunting, I've been in the woods a lot. And um, so just being, being an outdoorsman, liking the outdoors, you know, the legend of Boggy Creek just always sparked my interest. And uh, I had an opportunity to go on a BFRO expedition here in Texas, and I ended up going on three of them, and I just, I just love it. And, you know, going out on that expedition, I've I met a lot of new people, met, made a lot of great friends, um, people that I was st- still in contact with from that first expedition. And um, I'm in uh, several of the, the groups around here. I uh, Something I didn't tell you on the last show was I went through my Facebook and I've just got so many groups that I'm in that, mm-hmm. I've, that I actually backed out of about 10 or 15 of them. Because I want to focus my interest more, you know, around the areas I'm in. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, you know. And, uh, yeah, I follow a couple of them up north, but I know what's up north. I know they're up there, but I try to have my focal point around this area, around the northeast Texas area, you know. And I've had the opportunity to to go to some really great areas in in, uh, Sam Houston National Forest. I've had uh, two visual encounters in Sam Houston. Uh, a third one that I'm pretty sure was was a visual encounter. It happened so fast it was just a flash, but it was in broad daylight, and I had my my squatch partner, my nephew Jason Ragsdale, with me, and um, 
and then I had an, we had another guy with us out there. So it was three of us that witnessed that, that um, a very violent tree shake and uh, something come down out of the tree and hit the ground. It was gone. It was a two second flash. Just boom, it was gone. And when we saw that, we were waiting for some cast to dry that we had casted. We had, there was some adolescent trackway through there that we were casting. And uh, so that was pretty interesting. And that was, that was my last sighting. And that was during the uh, Bigfoot conference down there in uh, Huntsville this past okay, April. Yeah. So that was my last one. So uh, I'm in a couple of groups. Uh, my home group is more or less South Texas Bigfoot Investigations that uh, with Gabe Guerrero, uh, Javier Torres, Don Smith, Jason Ragsdale, and myself. We're a pretty tight group of guys that, that um, stay together and share the same beliefs and, uh, and um you know, to share the information among ourselves and, and with other groups, you know, I'm in other groups like uh, Southern Bigfoot Alliance with yeah. those guys. And that's a, that's a great group, group of guys. And I'm in a Mesquite, Texas BFRO group because of uh, my interest around with Bigfoot around in the cities. And um, I am kind of, I, I, it just infatuates me how, I can spend all this time to plan to go way out in the woods and search for search for what I'm looking for out in the woods when I really don't have to. Yeah. And uh they're in my backyard. I mean they're they're in the cities, they're in the big cities. Um my research location on the Trinity River here that's right outside of Dallas. Uh that is an awesome area. It's a lot of undeveloped land in there. Um you know, we, everybody knows they follow the trackways, they follow the waterways, they follow uh, power line ways, easements, Absolutely. gas line easements. You know, those are easy accesses for them. So uh, <laughs> uh, those are those are just great areas that uh, people don't think about that 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 house quite a few. It's a very large area, and I've been I've been in this area for about three years. And I, how I discovered this area was uh, I, I am a part of the Bigfoot Outlaws hideouts. So I was reading some some uh, text on that one. Yeah. And a guy was saying on there that, hey, I live in Mesquite and I got Bigfoot in my back door. I live right there by the Trinity. Well, it just so happens that I work right there by that, too. I'm five minutes from there from where I work. Wow. So I got in contact with this guy. And I tell him, hey, I work right there by it, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, I'd like to come out and check it out. And he said, yeah, please do. Uh, went over to his house, and this is a residential neighborhood that backs up to the back of uh, an easement way at the Trinity River. And the easement way is wide enough for a vehicle to get down through, through the back of their properties. And then it gets heavily wooded real quick all the way back to the Trinity. And this guy said they used to think they were feeding the coons and the possums and stuff. They didn't have any outside dogs and they would just pitch their leftovers out in the yard, out in their backyard. And his fence was a, was a black wrought iron fence that are, you know, it's spaced about every six inches. So it's open fence. You can see through it. Yeah. And, and um, he said he used to throw scraps out there and he said he saw one night he went to open his patio door and he saw a black flash leaving his yard. He like, 
what the heck was that? And he said, you know, was that a hog? No, because it went over the fence. Like, what was that? Uh, and then he figured out, you know, they were hearing knocks and they heard a few whoops out there. So I went in and started looking around the area, and it is it's Boogerville in there. It's laid <laughs> up with them up in that area. Well, that's thick all down through there. That whole Trinity River uh, is thick. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, there's we found humongous hog tracks in there. I mean, the size of calf tracks that were just crazy big. You know, there's deer up in there. There's hogs up in there. You probably there's probably some gators up in there. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but well, but um, definitely gator that, guards. That area is that area is just a corridor for them up and down in there that they travel. And I'm. I think there's they travel it, and then I think there's some family pods in there that stay in there year round and doesn't travel. And I say that because what I think they use that Trinity area for right there is it's got some fingerling creeks that run mm-hmm. from the Trinity that run up into the cities. Uh, you got uh, North Mesquite Creek that runs from the Trinity that runs deep into Mesquite. And then you have Duck Creek on uh, that's closer to Lake Ray Hubbard, and that creek runs all the way in through Garland. So there's, I think these these squats in this area, I think what they're doing. I don't. No, I'm saying I don't think. I'm not 100 percent positive. Yeah. But I believe what they do in this area is they they're lazy squatch and they <laughs> they're taking easy pickings out of the neighborhoods. They're hitting trash cans. If people leaving their little animals out in the backyards, got animals coming up missing. Um, you know, uh, making their ways up through the up through the creeks up in Mesquite, and they can hit big dumpsters. There's church there. You know, there's schools, and I'm sure they hit those dumpsters. Oh yeah. Then all these are run along this creek edge, so it's it's easy for them to get up and through the creeks. And um, this one area that I'm that I was talking about in Duck Creek, um, I was sitting in my house one night. It was it was an afternoon, and me and my wife were you know we were home from work. We were resting for a minute, and so we both kicked back, sat sitting by each other. And my phone rang and rang and rang, and I kept if I don't know who the number is, I won't answer it. Yeah. So I kept hitting no or swapping left and not answering and not answering. I kept calling and calling and calling. So finally I said, well, this might be somebody that really needs something because they're calling over and over. So I answered it, and it was a lady that was extremely frantic. She said, are you the Bigfoot hunter? I need to talk to you. Are you the Bigfoot hunter? And I said, no, ma'am, I don't hunt Bigfoot. And I said, I'm an investigator, and I go out and do field research, but I'm not a hunter. And she says, "Well, I need your help. I need to. I'm, I'm, I'm having an issue with one, I believe." And wow. um, so I said, "So what's going on? Where are you at?" So she began to tell me this story that started five days prior. And this lady lives right on the edge of Interstate 30 in uh, in Garland, Interstate 30, and. Uh, right on the edge of the highway and this duck creek runs underneath that highway and down deep into garland and it goes to a golf course and they've got jog trails up in there it's a nice little area Mm -hmm. so she's and her house backs up to this golf course jogging trail area 
So she was, she was telling me the story that five days prior, she looked out her kitchen window and there's a, a black man that's about 60 yards away is sitting there staring at her from a tree, from behind a tree, sitting there checking her out. Wow. She didn't think anything of it. She didn't think anything of it. And then uh, she said you know, she checked later on that evening and it, she didn't see anything. So the next day she saw the same person or same thing, except it was closer. And she's, she's got a little bit better looks. Yeah, it looks like a black man in black clothes, you know? So the next day, it was close enough that it was standing in full view, and she saw it was not a black man in black clothes. It was a monkey, an upright monkey or something, you know? Wow. And um, so she, um, she kind of got frantic over that. Um, it went away. The next day, the day she called me was either the fourth or the fifth day. I can't remember. But she had said it happened five days consecutively. So I think it was the fifth day that she called me. And uh, she had said that that day when she was on the phone with me that she was standing there looking at it. And it was 10 to 12 foot out her window and it was standing there with an erection looking at her and it was a, a, a prop monkey. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she says, she says, can you come over here and kill it for me? Cause I know it wants me. She said, it's been staring me down for the last week and I've just blown it off. And now it's, it's right here out my window with an erection looking at me. And I know it wants to, it wants to get me. It wants me. And she said, I want to kill it. I want it out here. I want it gone. And she said, if I can't just shoo it away, because it'll come right back, you know? And he said, so if you can't come out here and kill it, she said, tell me what size handgun I would need to kill this thing. And I said, ma'am, I said, if, you got, if you're sitting there looking at somebody out your window right now, if you're looking at something you're saying is a, is a Bigfoot, a monkey standing upright with an erection out your window, yeah, I said, hang up, call nine one one, and tell them there's a naked man out your window, and the police let the police take care of it. No, 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 I want to know what to kill them. I said, you know, middlemen, you'd have to have like a forty four magnum. If that and, would, yeah, uh, if that would do it, you yeah. know. So, I uh, I I got her tell me what her address was and I had her phone number because she had called so many times I had her phone number on my phone so I got her to give me what her, her address and I told her I was not coming out there that night and the whole time my wife was sitting next to me she was hearing the whole conversation and the lady was so loud over the phone my wife could hear yeah. hear her talking with the phone stuck to my ear you know and she was saying, that lady's crazy. Get off of there. Get off there. And, and I, I was saying, no, I can't. I can't. I got to hear this out. You know, you, you can't rule it out that that it's not real. It sounds too bizarre to be real. Yeah. But you can't rule it out that it's not real. And I said, no, I can't. I got to I gotta hear her out. So I, she, my wife said, you better not go over there tonight. I said, I'm not. I promise I won't. I'm not. So I told the lady, I said, hang up and call 911. I said, after you do that, please show up and everything gets settled. Call me back. And um, and then she hung up. She just hung up. But she gave me her address. So on my the next morning, on my way into work, that's that's probably 
10 minutes from where I work. Mm-hmm. I went by that location, her house, and it's just like she described the house, you know, described the scene. And there's two cop cars out in front of the house. And I wasn't about to stop. There wasn't nobody in the cars. You couldn't see anybody out front. I slowed down and kind of tried to peek back behind there, and I didn't see anything behind the houses. Mm-hmm. But I, I, wasn't, I wasn't about to pull my vehicle over and get out and go ask some officer, what's going on back here, you know? <laughs> no, that that would get you so, more than you wanted. <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely. So I just, just kept on going. And I called that phone number that that evening. I didn't do it then. I waited till that evening, and no answer. And I called, left message. And I, I was called several times, left messages, and never called me back. Nothing. So wow. That was just bizarre. And that location that that happened, it would tie in to duck. It ties into the Duck Creek theory of them traveling up and down the creeks from the Trinity. Yeah. And from the dam and from the backside dam of Lake Ray Hubbard up in that area. And that's in the actually in the Forney area. Well, that's that's pretty neat area. That's pretty cool. That is. And um my first time I went in there, um, I went and talked to the guy first and I just kinda looked it over and, and walked it a little bit. I didn't go deep. I just looked around and I said, Yeah, yeah there's a good possibility they could be in here. So I went back, me and my nephew went out there and we took we took uh, two game cameras and I took an audio recorder. And we found a good spot. And anytime I put out an audio recorder, I try to put a game camera facing it. So if anything comes up to it or if anything messes with it, yeah. or somebody takes it, it's gone. You know, I, I try to... I try to hide my equipment. I, I think I do pretty good. I've, I haven't really ever lost anything. I think I've misplaced it and not found it. But I don't think everybody's actually just taking something of mine. But we got a lot of incredible audio just from that first night out there. And I caught over seven minutes, little over seven minutes of something screaming as it's walking through there. Yeah, and and I I did my own breakdown on it, and I broke it down to a five minute interval because that's when I could hear it the best for my ears. So I broke it down to five. I actually have still the raw video of seven minutes of it. Yeah, and um, this thing it is it is something crazy. It sounds it sounds kind of like a squatch, but not. Oh but yeah, it's it's got a healthy set of lungs on you it, whatever joking. it is, for the screams that it's screaming, and then for the intervals that it's screaming. I think if a normal man was to scream as much as this thing did for five minutes straight, he would be out of breath, laying on the ground, yeah, <laughs> trying to breathe. What, so what? whatever this is, I think it's pretty big, and I think it's got a big set of lungs on it. Um, I had my friend, uh, Shane Church from Southern Bigfoot Alliance. He actually did an audio breakdown on it for me and compared it to a lot of, uh, other animal sounds and he couldn't find anything that was close to it. Nothing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had, uh, Stephen James with cryptic connection. Um, Stephen, uh, checked it out and he got close, 
kind of with an old well pump, an oil well well pump. And at, at certain no. intervals, uh, no. the screech of that pump would sound kind of no. like one of those screams, but it didn't have lungs on it. That pump didn't have lungs I've on it. I've been in like, the oil field for 15 years, like and this. I've been all yeah. over. No. <laughs> right, right. Stephen, I'm I'm sorry well, to tell you, brother. I, I love you to death, but no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Myself, that's what I told him. I said I said, Hey, I appreciate you checking it out, but no, I don't think that's uh, that ain't it. <laughs> so and I think I think you compared it to a couple of things. Yeah. You got got fairly close with a red fox. Red fox call. But it's folks, red it's if it's a red fox, this red fox is about twelve feet tall and about seven hundred and fifty eight hundred pounds. Because <laughs> it's, absolutely. It, absolutely. It is. Um, this I'm thing's got a ninja. set of yonkers on it, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you. So um I've had uh something I didn't tell you on the before, but I also had uh uh, one of the guys on Finding Bigfoot that I know, mm-hmm. I sent it to him, and I'm I'm not saying any names. Mm-hmm. But I sent it to him, and he came back straight up and told me that's a bird. And I replied back, I said, "Dude, that bird's got the biggest damn set of lungs I ever heard for in my life." That ain't no. Said, that ain't no bird, no. man. That ain't no bird. No, uh, I no. don't. And folks, in saying that, I, Paul, do you mind if I play it? No, go right ahead. Yeah, we'll just let y'all let y'all listen to this and see what you think. Now, this is the uh, Shane Church version of it. Okay. Let's see. Take just a minute for a pull up. Here we go.
That ain't no oil well. That ain't no oil well, Bob. That, uh, folks, <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> that uh, that thing yeah. gets closer as, as it goes on. And, folks, this is over yeah. five minutes audio, and it changes yeah. its tone and its frequency and the length of its calls during the, you know, during yeah, it. It does. It, it, it upsets a dog. There's a dog you hear barking when the backyard dogs yeah. starts barking. And and also you hear some bird chatter in there. Yeah. That deep, 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 you know, that bird chatter going off. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty remarkable um, audio myself. You know, I haven't heard one that long other than maybe like the old, the old how call house mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And that's that's continual. That ain't that's nonstop. There's one spot in there where it sounds like it kind of hiccups. Yeah, almost but like it cuts it, itself off. It yeah. is it is nonstop, right on right on timing. You know, that thing is calling out for something. Yeah, you know, I think it's a, you know, I, everything I say is is just my thought. You know, I, I think it's some kind of mating call. You know, maybe it was calling for its mate. Or looking for a mate, or maybe it was hurt and screaming. Who knows? But I know it was wailing. It was yeah. putting it out there. Yeah, and uh, it, it was, and it, you could definitely tell in the beginning of it that it was, it was farther away, and then it starts right. moving in closer because it 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 lengthens its calls. They get clearer and they get louder. Right. Uh, you can really tell at it on the, the spectrograph. At the at the very very first of that audio, that's a car getting on the highway. Yeah. So this is this is close to a highway. It's close to a neighborhood. Um, it's a crazy area, man. It's it's a it's an awesome spot. That's always active. I've casted tracks out there. I've got uh, some pretty decent tracks from that area. Um, you always see big impressions, big impressions out there, and um, it's it's just it's just so much to take in. I've got so much we want to do out there. I've got a group of guys that want to go out there and camp, which that's in the plans when it cools off now. They ain't doing it in this heat. Yeah. Um, and I ain't into snakes. <laughs> so they're going to have to wait a little bit before we can camp out there. I got a group of guys that want to put in kayak down it from one end to the other in that area. And I think that'd be awesome. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're in there and they're on them bank edges and stuff, um, digging for clams or fishing, whatever they're doing, catch them off guard, catch them by surprise. You know, everybody had their cameras running as they're going down the river. You know, you might have a good chance of catching something on some, some good video. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. That, uh, now you said that's right there at Garland, isn't it? That, uh, the, uh, the area is actually in Mesquite. In Mesquite, but okay. that, but where that incident I told you about the lady was in Garland. That was that was in Garland. Okay, and I that was you. on the Duck Creek, and that Duck Creek is a fingerling that runs into to the Trinity, Trinity River. Yeah, right. I you right. know, and I know we the last time we was talking a little bit, and we you I know you mentioned hogs and stuff, but uh, where is that in coordinates to the with the guys that had the. Uh, the where there's gar fishing and had the uh... gar fishing yeah okay so that incident that was closer to my house that was in Greenville okay. about thirty minutes east of of where we were in Mesquite um, still on the trend this area 
No, this is not on the train. Okay. This okay. is. Um, so what happened here in the in the area here, in in Greenville, Texas, they have their own water supply, and uh, they have four good sized lakes that supply their city, and uh, they got a big pump house out there. Um, the smallest lake is the is the closest one to the pump house, and I say small. That that one is about. 10 acres, 10 to 12 acres. Yeah. And the rest of them are probably 75 to a hundred acres. Okay. The other ones are part way much bigger than the smaller one. So this guy, uh, contacted me, him and his buddy out there. Uh, they do gar fishing at night on these, on these, on these lakes. And, um, so they're on the smallest one, uh, lake number four. And, they're out there on the small pontoon boat with all these lights and it's set up, you know, they've got a trolling motor going around and they're just going, they're probably a little 10 foot so off the edge and they're, they're just trolling, looking for gar, they're gar fishing or boat fishing for gar. And, uh, as they got to this one spot of this little lake, um, uh, just a scream from the brush startled yeah. them. And, uh, one guy, his buddy, looked at him and said, I think that was the guy that hollered at us. And, and he told his buddy, he said, no, he said, that was, he said, it kind of sounded like a guy, but wasn't. And he said they told, they kind of went in a little bit closer to the bank, and as they got a little bit closer, he said the damnedest roar, thought it was a lion, and it just screamed and roared, come from that other side of that brush. He said their whole body shaked shook their boat vibrated their bows in their hands he said everything was just vibration wow and uh he said it was just he said this is like electricity going through you if you've ever been shot and it was just complete body vibration crazy and he they looked at each other after it stopped and they said that ain't no man <laughs> he turned that turned that trolling motor around and hightailing it to the other side and then leave and as they were exiting the boat, well, before that, let me go back. He said they turned the lights up on the bank, see if they could see what the hell it was. And they could see the brush behind the trees and stuff moving, but they didn't see anything. All they heard, all they did was hear it. And um, so they put their lights down. They went across and was exiting to get out of the boat. And they were going to get out of there. He said, as they were getting out of the boat, pulling it up on the bank, he said it screamed again. And he said the vibration was just as intense as it was the first time. He said it hit them again. And he said it just, they just shook in vibration from from the decibels of the sound hitting them. And he said it was like a, he said it was like a lion roar, but stronger. He said, he said, I don't know how to, he said it wasn't like a, like a gorilla screaming, beating on their chest and screaming. He said, this was a freaking roar like a lion. <laughs> and and uh, so uh, he said they loaded up and got out of there. And uh, so this was a week later that I was out there. I went out there with him. He contacted me. And a week later after this happened, I went out there with him. And uh, <laughs> we walked back behind this lake 
And when on our way back there, you got to cross a little low water dam. Well, we crossed over that dam, and after we crossed, there's nothing but plum trees that swung around from the south, from the south side, wrapping around to the to the southeast. Nothing but plum trees, and um, most of them, just about all of them, were picked clean. But there was a few of them that that still had some. And I had probably 10, 12 on several trees. Yeah. And so that was something, you know, they could have been there eating, eating on them plums. And they were higher up. Something had to pluck them. You know, it's not like a hog pushing a tree over. You would be able to tell if, you know, if a hog was getting up in a tree, plucking at them or a deer, you know, they would make, they would damage the tree more. Put it that way. So we went around to the backside. And we found some impressions in the muddy spot that was pretty good size. I don't remember exactly. We took a tape measure with us, but I don't remember exactly what it was. I took some pictures. Uh, and we found some, like I said, a few tracks there. And then there's a barbed wire fence that kind of fences in that pond separating the city property from uh-huh. other property. And when we went up and walked that fence line, I told him, I said, I said, well, one thing I always do while I'm out, I walk the fence lines. If they're crossing fence lines, they're stepping over. If they're stepping over, there's a good chance they'll leave some air. Uh, we did find one spot where you, uh, on both sides of that fence, there was a right foot or a left foot before the fence and the right foot that stepped over the fence, tall tree right there next to it. And then perfect put his hand on the or it put his hand on and step over. Yeah. And uh, got him looking down real close. And we did find a strand there. There, a couple of little uh, good sized strands, maybe up three inches long. And um, got to looking around. Got to uh, afterwards did a little research. There's no deer on that land. I'm sorry, not deer. There's no horse, and there's no cow on that land. So something was tall enough to leave hair on the top of that barbed wire. Um, wasn't a hog, wasn't a deer. A deer could jump over it there, but this was close to a, to a support post where a deer wouldn't jump right there. It hit its head. You yeah. Know? Um, hogs, hogs, uh, hogs that jump out of a pen, but they don't jump fence. They go through the fence or they go under fence. Yeah. So, you know, so that's not hog hair, and hog hair is extremely coarse, you know. And I, I know what I've, I've collected hair samples three times, and I know exactly what I was looking at. It was kind of, kind of light colored and then kind of darkish, kind of a blend of hair. It's really pretty, really neat looking hair. So I let him keep that as a, as a souvenir for his adventure out there or his encounter. I've got two strands here that a group of us uh, grabbed some from a central location when we were out in East Texas, and we sent it off, and uh, it's come back as unconclusive, of course. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Of of course. (laughs) But we found uh, that was a big chunk of hair that was up in some briars that was probably about seven foot up in the tree. Yeah. Where it looked like it walked through a briar area and it just stuck to him. It just kept walking and just ripped hair off of it, you know, pretty wild. 
you you did say that you found some tracks leading up to that, right? Yes. Yeah. Can you describe them? Um. So the ones that I've got, I've got a half track. I'm looking at it as I'm sitting here talking to you. And I, some guys have a man cave. I got a squatch room. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here staring at it as I'm talking to you. I've got a, it looks like when it was walking is either on the front half of its foot. And I've had a couple people tell me it might even be its knuckle prints, but I think it's more on the front half of its foot walking on the yeah. From the mid torso forward. On the balls of his feet, uh, then, yeah. Yeah, on the front ball of his foot. And it's kind of dished. It's got a little dish to it. And it's six wide by about eight long from toes to about wow. middle. Well, if it's eight inches from there to the middle, you know, that's that's pretty good size. That is. And then I found uh, the cat and one next to it that's a small print. About uh, six six uh, long by about three and a half wide, and it's a little small adolescent. I think there's a uh, a female and a young one walking side by side or something. That's what it sounds like. But uh, Gary, have you ever taken your own personal foot and put it in the sand and made your a print of your foot just to compare it to what it would look like next to a Bigfoot print. Many, many a time. And how narrow, how little was your foot? As <laughs> big a guys, as big a guys as we are, I'm a big boy. Yeah. And as big as I am, my foot is tiny. Yeah. Next to one of these prints. I mean, tiny. We'll give you an My damn foot. I'm kind of embarrassed. I thought... Man, I thought I had a more masculine foot. <laughs> I uh, I think I'm only like two inches wide, and my foot's I wear a size ten. See, so it's I a wear little bitty too. foot prep. I'm I'm five foot nine, three hundred pounds, real broad. Yeah. I mean, everybody can see it in my pictures. Right. And my foot is I wear a size ten, which is about ten and a half inches by about three and a half to four inches in a boot. Right. Me and my wife right. found a fourteen inch track in south central oklahoma on some property down there and we've got pictures of her putting her foot beside it running crossways with the foot so like her foot oh wow and it it was yeah it was wider than her foot was long and she wears a size eight and a half women's right uh that's that's impressive i mean yeah their feet are so massive and uh it's so massive man yeah in and, one of our and, previous episodes, we had discussed the, about that, about how they're with uh, the Ozark Mountain Sasquatch group, and uh, right. it directly correlates to the size, with any animal, uh, the size of their feet directly correlates with the size and weight of the animal. The size of their body, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I've heard of a chart that'll tell you size and width, and you give you an estimated size yeah. of the squat. Uh, doctor, I can't remember where I... I, I actually was able to we we brought that up in the la, in that other episode and I was actually able to pull that up. That chart was developed by coordination in between uh, Dr. John Bendernagel and Dr. J, uh, Jeff Meldrum together. And right. it, uh, okay. And it it it's right. pretty accurate. I mean, because you, you compare right. it with like bears, you know, they they'll take a bear and use the same <clears throat> about the same format, yeah. and it's right. 
It's crazy. So you're talking, if that thing was, you said that that big one was what, six and eight inches wide? Yeah, six to eight inches wide. I've gotten, I've casted several tracks. I casted one in Mineola, out the Mineola area, um, Fruitvale, to be be exact, Fruitvale. Um, It's a three toe, and it looks like it leaped from one side of embankment over onto a sandy embankment. And I'll send you a picture of that. Yeah, send me all uh, the pictures I, you want because I need I, them for the I show. Got, <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a good a good buddy, the young friend of mine, Logan Craft, who lives out in that area. And he's a, he's a new and upcoming squatcher. And, boy, he's on fire. He's got a lot of good areas. He's yeah. hanging out with a lot of good people and learning learning a lot of good stuff and learning a lot of good areas. He gets out there quite a lot, and we've been hitting some of the uh, Mineola Nature Preserve out there. And boy, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there in the oh, Mineola yeah. Nature Preserve. Oh yeah, and, uh, been out there with them, and they went down the the Sabine and the kayaks and stuff. And but it was while the water was way high. And we want to get back out there once the water gets back down a little bit, and and do some camping. We actually camped out there on Rear Hill. And uh, had some good stuff. There were some forest lights out there as well. That was pretty wild one evening. Some what? And uh, some forest lights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Light out in that area. Pretty neat. And um, that's something else I know we're going to get into was orbs and yeah. forest lights. Because I've, I've had an encounter with that. Didn't even know it with the orb. We, uh, um, we actually might, because I know you said you had a time limit. We might save that for another episode, because I definitely want to have you back on. Yeah. I can go a little longer. You can't? Can cool. Longer. I'm here as yeah. long as you want. I just don't want you to, you know, uh, yeah, I'll be, your schedule. I'll be good. I'm about cool. 730. Cool. And, uh, I had to eat some crow with the wife a little bit. She'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> she knows my passion. <laughs> well, well, in saying that, you was talking about the orbs. Uh, uh, the, the orbs. I know you'll get to it, but them orbs in and the LBL was uh, was was Man, awesome. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, like I said, my my home group, and I'm gonna a couple shout outs. One of them's the. South Texas Bigfoot Investigations, and that's ran by Gabe Guerrero, and um, so our hardcore members, Javier Torres, um, Jason Ragsdale, myself, and Don Schmidt, and uh, we try to take an annual trip someplace good every year. So two years ago, we picked LBL, and we went for a week down in LBL, and we spent a day in the North End. Uh, we spent... Um, probably another half day, a day and a half, probably at the north end. We hit it twice. And then we looked around for areas that some meadows that, uh, where they said a couple of incidents happened. So we got to go into some areas that we, we believe were areas where it happened at. Yeah. And then, uh, there was, oh man, there's old time, old graveyards all in that area. Really? So we, had a, two, we hit two or three graveyards, and um, Javier and, and Don actually went up uphill to this the one graveyard. It was old, old, old. And, um, guys, you want to come up? I don't want to climb the hills right now. So the, us three big boys, we stayed at the bottom of the hill. 
these these other younger not younger skinnier smaller guys went up into the up into that area and they had some just some uh, weird feelings and felt like they were being watched while they were up in there and they said there's something paranormal up in that area yeah and they they just felt really weird to them while it was up there <laughs> so you know we did a lot of exploring we stayed at the campsite on the on the south end it was a very big campsite and almost a party atmosphere and uh, we stayed off on the back side where where we camped and uh, a couple of nights they were screaming something was screaming howling hooting hollering back behind us and uh but we heard that twice but um you know, nothing ever come up close to camp. Yeah. You know, we take, we've got flares, we've got night vision. So we, we go well equipped for looking in the night and, uh, we didn't, we didn't see anything, you know, now you but said that was on the close. north side. They come up close. That was on the north end of the LBL. No, that was on the south end south behind end. the campsite. Okay. I after we had got back in at the camp. Yeah. So they, there was one day we went over to this, um, where the buffalo herd was and we were there's a little rock formation over there that we were infatuated with we stopped and was looking at it and and um these buffalo were kind of up close to the fence by the road so i walked away from our group and i went over and i was going to take a picture of the buffalo because i thought it was a damn cool picture i said oh check this out <clears throat> so i get over and i'm probably 10, 15 foot from the barbed wire fence, and there's some of them, uh, buffalo coming up close to the fence. So I, I snapped two pictures. I snapped one, and then I got up a little bit closer, and I snapped a second picture. And uh, so oh, that's cool. So, you know, looked around, da da da, you know, walked around, went back to the guys, and I showed the guys the picture. I said, Look, I said, Check this out. I got a good picture here. So when we opened it and looked at it, there's a white ball in front of me, and it was like three to four foot in front of me, right there. I mean, just right in front of me. And so I'm I'm sitting here looking at this thing. I'm like, what the hell? So I blow the picture up, get the picture in as close as I can, and it's a brilliant ball of light that is just brighter than shit, man. It's crazy, and it's just right there in front of me, and I never see it. My camera picked it up, and this was during the daytime. Uh, my camera picked it up, but I didn't see shit. Yeah. And it, the sun was to my no, the sun was in front of me. Uh, it was not a sun flare because sun flares don't look like that. Uh, people say, "Oh, that's a reflection off your camera lens." No, it's not. It doesn't look like a brilliant ball of light like that. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, while I was expanding that out, I was looking through the picture, and way in the background, <clears throat> there's a row of trees, and in these dark-ass trees, there's two more orbs back on the opposite side of the field. So the only thing I can take is these were some kind of watchers of the buffalo, keeper of the buffalo, or some kind of spirit watching over these buffalo. Definitely something. when I got up close to that fence... That sucker was on me, man, and I didn't even know it. So what would it have done to me if I would have walked up to the fence and tried to 
pet one of them Bablo, like <laughs> dumbass, you know. <laughs> no telling. Would I have been zapped or something or, or or what? But that was cool. And I've, I've sent you both of those pictures. Yeah, and yeah. I I'm, hope you got to zoom yeah. in enough where yeah. you can see the ones in the background. Yeah, I'm actually going to post them uh, in the show. And like I said, if you have pictures of like that cast and stuff, and as we're talking about it, I'll uh, I'll put it you know, in the, in the video format to where they can actually look yeah. at it while we're talking about it. But that's, that right. is cool. Yeah. Folks, those, uh, those orbs are, I've been doing photography, uh, for, you know, a few years now and the, they're definitely not dust. And what's so funny is that they can't be uh, reflected lighting because the light is actually behind him when he's shooting. Uh, you can see the shadows in front of him. So it's, it's, it's real interesting. I mean, it's, it's got me. Uh, it's got me excited. Of course, everybody knows that whole yeah. LBL area is is a hotbed for a lot of things. Yeah, it is. It is, and everybody's hush hush up there. We tried talking to some folks, and they they didn't really want to talk too much about that area. Now, uh, Don Schmidt, who's in our group, he lives in Tennessee, and he went back up there by himself. And he camped at the north end in his travel trailer, and he found a giant teepee back back behind the, the camping area. And it was a big wood structure teepee that he found, and that was pretty interesting. But he said it looked like it was old. <laughs> it was still neat. And so Don's been up there a couple of times. I think he's been up there even once with the Bigfoot Outlaws. Uh, went up there and hung out with those guys while they were up there. Yeah. They went to another area that was close to that. Those guys go all over the place as well. Yes, they you know? do. Uh, with, with my experience, I've always heard and what experiences I've had up there on the north, you know, the far north end of the LBL, is it, it's it, it's a little bit thicker, you know, brush and brush yeah. in and stuff. Right. But they say that most of the, the activity up there is is predominantly more aggressive. I don't know why. Right. Huh. I don't know. That's wild. That is wild. I mean, there's a few famous stories, that somewhat famous stories that comes out of that area, and they're both on the north end. Matter of fact, if, if you're talking about the outlaws, they they actually do a, a show, and they say, if you're going to camp, camp on the south end. Don't camp on the north end. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's where we camp is on the south end. Yeah. And that is a big, big campsite. I mean, you got people in expensive RVs oh, riding yeah. around in their in their golf carts yeah. all over the place, you know. And uh, we were at the back side of it, off in a little slough. And uh it got when it got quiet you could hear activity going on back there. We we took recorders and we got some audio from back in there so I believe I believe we did. I oh, man, I've been to so many places and so much <laughs> it's just it runs together sometimes, you know passionate about what you do do what i said you're passionate about what you do oh yeah oh yeah i tell you one of my it's, it's not my it's not one of my hot spots but it's a place i like to go is sam houston national forest yeah. i got a bunch of friends down in that area and they always take us to some really good spots and I have never been disappointed down there. I've always had something happen every time I go. Every time I go, something happens. It is crazy. We've been, we've had 
giant limbs thrown at us. We've had logs thrown at us. We've had rocks, half a bag of concrete that was hard thrown at us in the camp, come rolling into camp from a tree line that was 40 foot away. Wow. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, walked into stench, and I mean just the stinky, rotten dog meat stench. A group of us walked in that we were doing a night trek, and um, we got to this one spot, and and it was just instantly. It's like you walked into, you open a door to a cooler, and you walk in, and you get that whisk that comes across you, you know? Yeah. The whisk of air. Well, that's kind of like what it was, man. You just walked into this heavy stench, and we stopped, and we said, oh, yep, everybody smell it, yep, yep, yep. And as quick as we got that out of our mouth, yeah, we smell it. It just dissipated and it was gone. Wow. It was gone. So, you know, I've been right on them and not even know it. You know, they're so smart and so intelligent. Yeah. You know, you can walk five foot from one and not even know it's there. Oh, definitely. Uh, Definitely. Especially if they're being steel. I mean. Right. Right. They look like a stump or blend in with a tree or a bush or. Or whatever, you know, you, your eyes not trained to spot that. No, your eyes are trained to spot a figure, um, something with arms and legs. You know. Yeah, it's a real it's sobering it's thought. Animal or human, <laughs> your eyes are, are trained to see objects. Yeah, not blurred things that blend. <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's a real sobering thought to if you sit and think about how many you know especially somebody like me and you that's and a lot of the other folks that's hunted most of their life uh how often you've walked through the woods and the brush and and one of these thinking about one of these things could have just reached out and grabbed you by the back of the oh, neck yeah. you know oh it's, yeah it, it, it's yep. a sobering thought i mean <laughs> uh, yeah let me tell you i was uh with a group on the lone star trail and this was a daytime hike. And we went up a, I'm not going to give any locations away, but yeah. we went up a gas easement that was well manicured. And the Lone Star Trail cut, cut across that. So we went up and we hung a right and got onto the Lone Star Trail. There was probably eight to ten of us. And... I was one of the last four in the line, me, Jason, my nephew, Jason Ragsdale, uh, and then a couple, an elderly woman and her son from Colorado were the last two in. So we kind of hung back and was hanging back with those. And the group got up ahead of us just a little, not too far. And um, so we were waiting for them, make sure they were okay and come in. And as soon as they stepped off of that, manicured pipeline and onto the trail a whistle and that whistle was in brush that was four or five foot away from us and it was a monotone whistle just like that just a whistle so we stopped and i said the bird you know making right there was that a bird that was a big bird you know so well that's kind of weird we kind of blew off the first one and um, as we were walking up, we got maybe 10 foot, and then a whistle came again that was right there with us where yeah. we were at. It didn't come back from where that one came in from the entrance. It was right there with us, and it was the exact same whistle. It was like, 
all right, something's funny now. Yeah. So <laughs> we stood there, and the four of us, we all agreed. We heard it. We all pointed. It come from this brush right here. It didn't come from way the hell over there. It came from right here. And we kind of looked, and it's so thick you can't you can't see. You know. Yeah. So we walked. We started walking again. The group ahead of us was getting further ahead of us. And we said, "All right, let's let's try and catch up a little bit." So we took. We probably went twenty yards. Got another whistle, and it was. Same thing. This brush is on both sides of this trail. And it just growed up real thick, and they're just right there in that brush whistling. So we got whistled at a total of four times before wow. we caught up. Before we caught up with the group, and they were with, they were probably at the most ten to twelve foot away, and at the closest, four to six foot. Yeah. And, and, so and saying that, that's that's no reach for one of these guys. I mean, one no, step and snatch. No. no, and you know, the, I, I haven't experienced it, but they always say, oh, the last one on the trail, you know, they, they snatch them, and they'll grab you. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, nobody wants to be last. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that. You ask any of the SBA guys, and I'm always the last one on the trail. <laughs> they always tell everybody they don't have to outrun the bear or the big foot or the hogs. Right. They just got to outrun me, which is easy to do because I'm kind of crippled up, but I make that's, it a point. I make it a point. That's I, what we tell everybody. You don't got to be fast. You only got to be faster than the slowest person. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I make it a point to be the last one on the trail just to, uh, just for that purpose. Try to get that experience. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I use a cane and stuff just to make them think that, well, I, I use the cane half the time anyway, but it makes them think right. that I'm disabled, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you well, been, uh, just... oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to no, ask you, no, have, have you been down to that, uh, I meant to ask you the last one, uh, have you been down to that Boykin Springs area down there in East Texas? You know what I'm going to do is in two weeks, my son going to be home uh-huh. and leave from the Navy. And we're going, we're going out fishing on Sunday, and then on Monday we're loaded up. I'm headed with me and my both of my sons and my nephew Jason. We're all going to Cattle Lake State Park uh-huh. for four days. And while we're there, one of those days, I think I'm going to drive over to Boynton Springs and check it out. You you do that because I know we, Yeah, we talked about doing a follow up episode <laughs> so we could hear your your sons experience but uh that is one of my i've been down in sam houston some and but that is one of my mm. my on my bucket list is boykin springs not only right. for uh sasquatch but for even the paranormal there's a lot of paranormal right. activity down there a lot of paranormal, right right so um, you can kind of tell me what I, it's like i, I want to check that out and i want to check out brown springs i've heard brown springs is pretty good over here in oklahoma yeah, you get ready to yeah. check out Brown Springs. You let me know because I'm only about probably an hour from there. If, if really, I, yeah, if I'm yeah. actually at my farm, uh, I'm only thirty minutes from there. Oh wow, that's nice. Uh, our buddy uh, Michael uh, Waldy lives only yeah. thirty forty five minutes from there now. He's over in Tishomingo, Oklahoma. Yeah, over in Tishomingo, right? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yep. I didn't know he was that close. Yeah, yeah, it's not very far at all. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's right there on the state line at I-35, right there. Right. 
But yeah, that's an interesting right. area. Now that the Brown Springs area itself, you know, the old cemetery and stuff's kind of fun, but there's not a lot of activity there now. But if you go east, uh, stretching all right. the way, you know, all the way over into the Tishomingo area, there's there's quite a bit of activity uh, down in there. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I had to Michael up and go give him, pay him a visit. Oh, yeah. He's a good <laughs> guy. I like him. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So, uh, I was just basically just telling you some of my experiences that I've had, and I thought that was um, another good area that that I like visiting a lot is that is that uh, Caddo Lake area. And oh yeah. Reason why I like that area is I've been down there. Number one, I've been down there multiple times, and I like going into that old ammunition plant, which now they call the Caddo Wildlife Management Area. Yeah. Because that thing, if you've not been in there and drove around or walked around, um, do it because that place is a squatch playground. Is that and the I'm place that's you, got the cement? Uh, and crazy in there. <laughs> is that the place that's got, still got the cement uh, where they stored the ammunition in the yeah, box? Right. Right. Um, old cement buildings and I'm stuff. I'm going to have to check that out. That is really awesome. I, uh, they have an information center up there, and uh, a group of us was there, and we all went up and was checking out the information and talking about how they made the ammo and what they did there at that plant. And they had a sign-in book that, you know, it was you could sign it if you want, uh, where you was from and how many people were in your party and uh-huh. animals that was observed while you were there. So on one of the entry lines, it said bear with a question mark behind it. Like, they see a bear? Was that a bear not a bear? And then on down, somebody had wrote in there that it's all Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you right. sent me those pictures. I'll have to post those in the post those on the deal, yeah. too. That's, so that was at Caddo right. Lake. That's cool. Yeah, that's at Caddo Lake. And I, I like going that area, man. They, we've sat in that in the Caddo campsite, if you go back in the Armadillo Run up into that area, you can go back into that campsite and they come up into there in the evenings. Right. Um, Gabe Gabe Guerrero was there with us when even a bunch of us was there and Gabe likes staying in his SUV. It's just easier for him. He don't have to load up, unload and everything. Yeah. So he stays in SUV and he had to approach two of them approach him they got pretty close. I'd say within about 15, 20 foot of the front of his vehicle. There wow. Caddo Lake. It was pretty neat. Uh, I and know. I have some. And then, I'm sorry. Uh, I've got a, another set of friends, Quinn and Debbie LaBeouf. And they've been out there at night at the boat launch, the boat ramp, just walking around. Well, that's a pretty spooky area out there at night. Um, they they stayed out in that boat ramp for a little bit, and as they was walking back up to, to leave, they had a uh, adolescent squatch drop out of a tree and uh, take off on them. That was they, she said it wasn't five foot in front of them. Wow! Boom, hit, hit the ground and gone. <laughs> I know we uh, we drive over to the north end of Cattle Lake when we go down to the uh, in laws. My wife's uh, family's all from northern Louisiana. And uh, right. when we drive over that, I'm always looking, you know, down in there, and it looks squatchy. I mean, it looks rough. Oh yeah. I want to. Yeah. 
I want to get down there and do some fishing and squatching at the same time, you know, up in them back oh, yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you plan a trip out that way, let me know and I'll, I'll meet you out there. Definitely. Yeah, because that's not very far for you. Is it? No, it's two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from where I live, it ain't bad. It's almost not at eight all. for me. Is that not how far? It's almost eight hours for me to get down there. Oh, wow. Wow. That's crazy, man. Wow, it ain't. What? what, You're northern Oklahoma? Well, I'm central, right dab square in the middle of it right now, uh, where I I live, but my my property's in southern Oklahoma, but yeah, we're on on the north end of, we're a little bit farther north than Oklahoma City. Right. Right. I got you. I got you, because I've done some squatching up in Oklahoma, uh, Smithville area. I was up there with a couple of my buddies that, that live up in that area and invited me to come up. So my first experience with Oklahoma was Smithville. And That's that was a pretty a hot area. Polar, yeah, it is. That was a. Uh, we parked off of a off of a road and we packed up our four wheelers and it was a little over an hour drive or hour ride back. We went back to the Arkansas state line. It was pretty cool, man. That was a good trip. We oh, did yeah. after three three nights and uh, just roughed it out there. They had a little camp area set up out there. It's beautiful. I mean, and uh, got absolutely nothing until we were getting ready. To, the morning we were getting ready to leave, we heard some distant Ohio house. That was, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the morning, morning we were packing up. But other than that, it was just, uh, you know, everything is just rock. Yeah. So you're not going to find a footprint unless... It's a muddy print that they put on a rock, you yeah, know. Or they're in a creek you know, bed or something like that. Yeah. Right, in a creek. Absolutely. But So I've been up in that area. I did some squatching around Cedar Lake. Um, my youngest went with me there. and We had some pebbles thrown at us there. They were jacking with us there. And then I've been up and around Hanoba and uh, uh, went up and those old country uh, mountain roads up around Hanova and found some pretty cool stuff up in there. But uh, nothing de- nothing definitive, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing about that area is it's so vast. I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I've it concentrated is. my most of my career, uh, if you want to call it a career, but most of my time has been spent down in that area, and it really is. It's so vast. You're lucky to, you know, come across anything on a regular basis, which them old boys with the SBA, you know, for two and a half years, yeah. uh, I've been running with them and we've gotten pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah. Their, uh, Squatch Creek area is impressive, man. I've, uh, I've actually laid my hands on their big old cast that they got <laughs> and I just can't salmon a foot that big, man. I, I just can't. I'm, I know they're real, but in my yeah. head, I'm like, you're freaking kidding me, right? Well, let me let me tell what you something. What are looking at? That cast. 12-footer, 13-footer? <laughs> no, honestly, he's probably going to be about nine, nine and a half. But, oh, uh, that 17-inch. But uh, what's so funny is, is Squatch Creek itself, without me giving it away, is not yeah. that impressive of an area. It's just, it's, it's like you was talking about, uh, you know, being up in the around communities and stuff like that, but that track right. and the consistency that they got those tracks, you know, over a period of time is what's impressive. Uh, right. 
but but once again it's it's one of those deals that the it's a lot easier for these guys to go raid a trash can than it is to go chase down a deer you know hell yeah it is yep they, they just think of it man they have to exert less energy in the heat like it is now unless you're a pro athlete ain't nobody out there running around in this heat no <laughs> and yeah they got water they can cool off in but the more they have to the more they have to run down their mill, you know, the more overexertion yes, they have absolutely. You know, putting into it. So why do that? Why not be lazy and why not just take a casual stroll through the through the neighborhood? Yep. And go through go through uh, residential trash cans. Go through commercial dumpsters. You know, there's a line of restaurants over in that area. Yeah. You know, they, their food goes right into a dumpster. So, you know, it's easy pickings for them. Yeah. And I think that coming up, that may be something that that I may get into a little bit more is is setting up camera traps up, up in the creeks, up in the sea a little bit more. Yeah. You know, it is surrounded with human. And I'm sure there's, there's curious kids and... And people that wander off into these areas anyway, you know, I did. When I was a kid, I couldn't stay out of the damn woods. Yeah. I was always, I didn't care if it was a city block, that little wooded area, I was in it. <laughs> so I've always wanted, so what I'm thinking out there is maybe put some strategic cameras up, you know, don't know. When yeah. I catch something, I don't know, but I won't know if I don't try I think you'd have just as good a chance, you know, in them creeks and stuff like that as you would anywhere else. Uh, I honestly right. think if you stick with those creeks, right. uh, yeah. here's here's the way I look at it. If I was going to hide and move around and traverse an area that I didn't want people to see, I would be using the creeks. And I think these yep. guys think the same way that we would, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. You know, they didn't have to travel that far. No. And and then once again, you're talking about the heat. It's automatic shade. They're in the water. They're down out, of, even in the right. water. They're down there out of the breeze. Right. It's It just makes That's, sense. Right. And, and you get into some areas of that Trinity where you know people aren't there, or they know that people aren't there because I'm sure they got their watchers and everything to watch out for their family units. Yeah. But, there's areas in them trinities where people don't go where they can just stay in the water and stay cool, you know? And back to that, those guys bow fishing, I believe they had that interaction because that squat was scooping gar off the edge of the bank. And I think that squatch knew that those guys were fishing his fish so he screamed at him to get the hell out of there. These my fish. I I would believe you get it. your fish somewhere else. I would you believe know? it. <laughs> and what's so, funny that water record that water uh, uh, bounces that sound bouncing off that water it just amplified. I guarantee you that rattled oh, their yeah. ears, boy. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet it did. He said he he said he felt. You know, I don't think it was infrasound that hit them. I think it was just a loud roar. Yeah. He said it made their body hurt for half an hour. And he said, you know, some of that might have been the adrenaline of, of the occurrence. He said, because it pumped them up. He said, we were fucking pumped up when we flew out of there. 
He's like, are you fucking kidding me? What the <laughs> hell was that? <laughs> right here in Greenville? And, that, and you know, his story was just, and then we went back and we found prints and we found a little bit of hair. And, That's crazy. You know, it just, it just makes sense, you know. It just makes sense. It does. That, that interaction could happen. It, you know, it, they're both fishing for the same thing. Well, that uh, just like the uh, back was it back in the seventies and the sixties, they had that real famous uh, was it the Fort Worth Lake Monster? Right. You know that right, the Lake Worth Monster. Yeah, Lake Worth Monster. Yeah, that was you know that's right up in even back then that was up in town. You know it's yeah, it was it was it sure was, and um, so I had mentioned I'm in a Mesquite Texas BFRO group. I'm an I'm a moderator admin for them. Uh, Gail, who started this group, has some horses that's boarded uh, right outside of Mesquite, like two blocks outside of Mesquite, and it's on that Duck Creek area. So she was out there, what got her going crazy over Bigfoot, and she was out there tending to her horses like at 1 o'clock in the morning. She got off work late. She was out there feeding, watering, spending some time with her horses. Her and her son was out there. And uh, she said the, the other horses all started going crazy and running around. And and um, she was, uh, her horses started acting funny and they started hearing this a low growl and then it got bigger. And she said, I believe they just got growled at. I don't think they got screamed at, but she got some deep gruntle growls from in a residential neighborhood where some horses were at. Wow. <laughs> so coming off of that duck creek. So since she has since she has started this Mesquite Texas BFRO group and it's not part of the BFRO uh, Matt Moneymakers BFRO. This is just Gail Gail Lee and her Mesquite BFRO is what she calls it. Yeah. Um, um, we have had so many people come forward that's had interactions or that's lives close to the city and and weird stuff's happening and and so it, stuff happens out there and people just either don't want to they live in a tunnel vision and they don't want to think outside the box or hear outside the box and they're I, I hate to say closed-minded because I like sharing the info I like talking about Bigfoot and then and um, if somebody wants to sit down and talk Bigfoot with me or they got questions for me, then I'll sit and talk, you know, yeah. like I am with you. Yeah. You know, I'll tell them my experiences of things I've done, my thoughts about them. And um, it's just part of it. You know, sharing the knowledge, learning off of each other. It's all part of what we do. You know, if we don't do it, we're not ever going to get closer to the truth. Yeah, I know we talked that extensively, uh, you know, the other day. But I, I, I'm totally agree with you that this, this whole cutthroat attitude that everybody has is just to me, it's appalling. Uh, I think if we right. if we did band together, we would come a you know come a lot closer to getting something done. Right, and I said it a while ago, and I'll say it again. I uh, last week, I just went through my groups, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I've got like. 200 groups in here and it's not all squats and paranormal some of it was corner market stuff but i went through and i cleaned house man and i got out of about 
10 to 15 squatch groups that that I see are either belittling people or yeah. all they do is just post hoaxy crap. And I've kept one or two from up north because I, I do like some of the areas up north. Yeah. There's a couple of groups I've stayed in up there, but I've cleaned house and got out a lot of groups. So if some of y'all are listening and I got out of your group, I don't mean to offend you. I'm sorry. But I just down, downsizing to where I can stay local with what I do. Yeah. You know? Well, so, you know, with me doing this podcast, I've, you know, I've always had a bunch of groups on my personal stuff, but with this podcast, you wouldn't believe how many, you know, people you, you, yeah. you reach out and join, Trying ask to, to join the group. With it, you know? Yeah. But join it, this, join this. Yeah. Like this and join this. Well, yeah, man, I, I can only read so much in a day. <laughs> It, uh, but I can talk forever. <laughs> hey, uh, one, a few of the groups are like, you know, they send me, you know, an invite to join them. So I join them and then they're like, well, first thing off, we're going to tell you that, that this is a, a certain rules of the group and stuff. And the first thing I see, if I, if I see, uh, any kind of, like you said, any kind of a belittlement, you know, in the group right. or even in the rules where they say, uh, I really like the groups that they put right in the rules that there will be no belittling of anybody. Keep it respectful. And, right. but, uh, I just, to me, I, I, I have no use for all that belittling stuff. I, I just no, flat no. out. No, I don't either. All right. And I'll put it out there. I had one of the groups was Bigfoot hoaxers exposed. Oh yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if you've heard of that one, but yeah. But I I joined that one just to see. Okay, who's who's hoaxing? Who's hoaxing? But as I'm watching to see who's hoaxing, I'm looking at people bashing, bashing, yeah. bashing, and then I get see a couple of these people I know, and it's just bashing, 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 and there's no sharing of any knowledge. It's I know this is not real and i know and this this person's doing this and this person's doing that and and i'm i i had it i'm not into all that yeah i'm not not a drama person i like to go out and i like to walk the woods and search and do my research and have a good time with people that are like-minded absolutely and when i go into the woods i like to go slow i'm an old man Uh that's around and the slower I go, the more I can take in of what I see. And I have been with people that I thought they were on the Boston Marathon. Like, <laughs> we just got here, and where the hell they go? They're gone. <laughs> or, or you're in an area for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and they don't hear nothing. Oh, let's go over to the next one. I'm like, no, yeah, I ain't going right. to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. So I love my woods, man. Uh, Squatch. Hadn't scared me off my deer stand. You know, I, I hunt here close to my house, and there's activity all around in here. And they don't scare me off my stand. I know what to look for. I know what to listen for. I'm always well-armed. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't, and they don't bother me. When I first got into this, they intimidated me a little bit with their size. And everybody was telling me how what killers they are. Oh, they're killers. Everyone, I'm a kid. They're a kid. They eat you. They eat your kids. They rip your heads off. You know, and all this, you know, to some extent, they probably will some of the time, but not every interaction that you have with a squatch, they're not out to get you. Yeah. You know, there's some out there that are, that are passive, 
And is it because it's a female Squatch versus a male Squatch? I don't know. Is it because it's an adolescent versus a big older elder? I don't know. I think they got personalities just like humans, you know? Yeah, Um, definitely. There's there's bad people in our human life, and there's good people in our human life. And I think it's the same with Squatch, you know? know, I think all their personalities are different. I think they got some interbreeding going on, oh, yeah. maybe some retardation. Yep. And they maybe got some Rain Man going on with some of them. But they're extreme, extremely intelligent creatures. Oh, yeah. You know, a couple of us, some of our friends, you know, we joke around, we call them forest ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, very, a very good analogy of it. Right. They definitely are right. over the generations have have honed skills and physical and and, and even chem, biochemical. When I say that, you know, like immune system and stuff. But they have definitely, to me, their perfection in the woods. If, if they are, you was, I, I can't agree. I can't agree enough with you. You was talking they about are guns. Perfection in the woods, man. I uh, I carry a gun for hogs. I don't carry a gun for a, a, a Sasquatch because I'll be honest with you. I think even if you shot one, you'd have to carry like a a, a four fifty eight Winchester Magnum hollow, you know, semi automatic right. or a three hundred eight semi automatic right. or a, or an AR fifteen, and that I still don't think you would take one down by the time it got to you and took you down. No, no, you might kill it no. eventually, and, but it's and regardless of what people think, they hardly never travel alone. Yeah. Always using one one. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And if you, like you said, you down one, and if it ain't down, they're going to get to you before you can get to it. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's crazy. And I'm the same way. You know, I do carry in the woods. I carry for three reasons. You carry for hogs. I carry for hogs. Humans. I carry for snakes that get too close. (laughs) And I carry for crazy-ass humans. Yeah. They're out there. Because there are some crazy ass humans out in the woods that we've come across. Oh yeah, and and I, I guarantee you, some of them people, if they had the opportunity, they wouldn't think twice about killing you, you know. But you walk up on people in large groups, and you know, uh, there's there's force in numbers. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, see, that's in saying that though, I'm the type of person I don't like going with big numbers. You know, two or three guys at the most. Right. Most of the time, right. it's just me and one other, or maybe my wife. It, right. Uh, it's uh, it's one of them deals. I just don't do the big groups anymore because. Right. Well, don't don't get me wrong, Gary. I I've done some of the big groups with BFRO and yeah. others, but it's when I go out, it's usually. Two to five. Yeah. You know, five well, at the most. Now, you got to understand, too, though, that the five guys you got are like the cream of the crop. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Gabe and, yeah. I tell you what, <laughs> Gabe and Javier. Yeah. Javier. You talk about a tracker. That hobby, man. He is one hell of a tracker. You ain't joking. And then, and then uh, I've got another friend that lives up close to me, uh, Jeremy Gibson. Oh, yeah. And I know Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy, it just wows me sometimes, man. Damn, how he can just take a, a pot of coffee or a can of coffee and his, his pack of smokes, and he's gone. He's out in the woods for a week, you know. Yeah. And and Jeremy's a real deal, you know. You oh can yeah. Say what you want about him? He's a real deal. The the whole. He's taking me to some of his spots, and and uh, uh, me and Javier was with Jeremy once. 
and we came upon what we believe the three of us were in agreement that it was great out in a creek bed. And this raised soil that was in the shape of a grave even had a wooden headstone at one end of it that looked like a cross or something woven. It wasn't a cross, but it looked wow. like some sticks were gathered and placed at one end of it. Oh, yeah. And and we were sitting around making fun, talking about who had the biggest balls and who was going to take that first shovel load and turn that over, turn that dirt over. And we all three said, "Fuck it, we ain't touch it." I don't blame you one bit. I don't blame you at all. That, uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been balls. Well, today nobody did. Uh, did was you there when Jeremy had the whole coyote incident? Oh, no, but it was the same area. Same that's, area? That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah. Them, getting them thrown at him. And yeah. Twisted up and all kinds of stuff. I, all kinds of stuff. I, I'm telling you, when that kind of stuff happens, I'm usually backpedaling heading home because that, yeah. that tells me they don't want me in there. Right. Right. Just now a little bit further. That's crazy. Yeah, it if, is crazy. I'd have, I don't even if I'd have seen if I'd have been with y'all and seen that that mound with the stuff like that, I'd probably looked at you guys and what's that old cartoon <laughs> uh, cartoon characters uh, said? Exit stage left. Even right. I'd be gone. Right. <laughs> well, it is. It was comical too because we were taking a break and it was down in a low spot that was dried up in a creek bed and it was cooler down there mm-hmm. than it was in other areas. So. We were laid up on a on a tree that had fallen over and then grown up out of the ground. So we were taking a break and we was all talking about it. We looking over there at it. And we said, yeah, that's a grave. We know it's a fucking grave. That's a grave. Well, who's gonna dig on it? I ain't touching the damn thing. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes Hell I wonder. No. <laughs> sometimes I wonder about Jeremy, you know, even finding his arrowheads and stuff, and and, and bringing oh, yeah. them, bringing them home with him in the pottery and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm gonna leave that stuff right where it's at. <laughs> right, right. I was at uh, Jeremy's parents' house, and uh, I was looking at all their artifacts that they found through the years, and yeah. they just got rooms of it, man, just tons of artifacts. And his parents live on the outer edge of Commerce, Texas. And uh, they had some horses that's boarded next to them. I can't believe it. I don't think it was. I think it's their property, but it wasn't their horses. Her yeah. parent, Jeremy's parents' property, but their horses that was in there wasn't their horses. So anyhow, we um, we were we were there for a little bit. And walked over down by the to the end where these horses were, which was at the end of a road by a set of railroad tracks that was extremely wooded. And Jeremy said that his dad had told him that they've heard him scream and go back, travel back behind that, that big brush before. So while I was sitting over there, the horses come up to me. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a witch's knot. Oh, yeah. Where a horse's braid that's made their tail or in a braid or in the mane yeah yeah now what do you know about that what do you think about that honestly that's watch related i'm 
I've been around horses my whole life. And yeah. I've seen their hair get knotted up in some crazy deals. But I yeah. did I did see some pictures that in if they are not human made that was actually braided. And yeah. I, I don't know what to think about that yet. I'm holding a a real right. pragmatic thought on that one. Right. Well I've I've heard that braid called a witch's knot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's I've it's real predominant down in Florida from, to Mississippi area. Yeah, I've got a very good picture of one from Jeremy's parents' house that I'll send you. Wow, it's pretty good. That's interesting. It's really good. And we were standing there talking, and I went back in. and I said, "Hey, y'all know that these horses manes out here? No. Well, look, I'll be dang. Check that out. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it is. That is because yeah, uh, once again, squats coming up to the city area. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I truly believe that that's that it, it's happening. It, it's got to because the city area has gotten in so much into their areas that right. that they're having to, and it just makes common sense. I mean, that's what I'd do. I wouldn't go chase down a deer. I'd be up there eating me a cheeseburger yeah, right. from Burger King or something that somebody Absolutely. threw away. Absolutely, every twenty minutes as they go in the dumpster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, man, I don't mean to cut it short, but Mama's a texting me telling me it's dinner time, so uh, I'm on a right, jump over. Sounds good. I'm sorry if I talked to you off. No, you. I've enjoyed it. I'm ready to have you back on again, but we'll uh, we'll work on that one. I'm ready here. to go out squatching with you, little. Oh yeah, I'm hoping to. That right now, with us uh, uh, changing the world headquarters, that's how Shane Church put it. He said, "Uh oh, P3. We call this P3, you know, for Poy Boys Paranormal Podcast." Right. He goes, "P3, right. uh, P3's changing its world headquarters because I'm moving to where I've there actually uh, we're going to have, have a dedicated studio." Uh, for the podcast that way i'm not there you uh, go man that'd be cool yeah yeah that'd be cool but uh yeah and with the heat i don't get out much i, I got out a little yeah, bit today. i don't either i don't either but this but fall I'm, I'm only doing what i am in two weeks because my son's coming down yeah my ass will be in that camper with the ac on most of the time i'm uh i'm <laughs> going to try to make hanobia this year i'm not for sure a lot of it depends on the uh on the wife's schedule she's uh she yeah. started a new job today actually but we're oh, on, we're, we're going to try to make it to, uh, uh, I can't even talk to Hanobia. And I, yeah. I, if I remember right, you're going to be there and going out with uh, yeah. Mike and Mary. Right. Yeah. Right. But, uh, well, man, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump off of here and get something to eat. And yeah, and send me all the pictures you want. And what I'll do is I'll put them right. in the, uh, I'll put them in the, cause I do this in a video format too. And I'll put them in the video format to where it's not as boring, <laughs> which is cool. not boring, but that works. okay. Right. We'll talk to you later, bro. Right, good, good talk to you. Yeah. Bye. See you, bye. Well, folks, that was a interesting take two. This time I'm going to make sure and save it in the right folder. But uh, I really enjoy talking to Mr. Paul. We're going to have to do a little bit of a probably editing there at the last because we both got excited with the language. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It's, it's been a good one, and I, we're going to have him back on. He's got a lot of stories, and I, I definitely want to hear his son's story where he had a, a if, if I'm recalling right, had a pretty much face-to-face with one. So in saying that, uh, Paul, we sure thank you. Uh, everybody, folks, we appreciate y'all coming on and talking to us. Anybody that wants to, be sure and send me a message or an email, and we'll do our best to get you on. 
And in saying that, I'm going to sign off of here and go get me some supper and relax a little bit. And we'll post this thing before too long. Thank you.